0: Good morning, Paul. How are you today?
1: Hey, Dean. What's going on? How are you today, sir?
0: Good. We should just let the people know that you and I are sitting in for Nolan who's taking the week off uh, and doing the NHA podcast without him today, but we've got good, good thing going. We got Paul today and, and uh, we got, we like Paul,
1: (laughs) you know, you know, we'll we'll do our best to make it, you know, interesting and entertaining without uh without Nolan here. But uh definitely yeah. uh yeah uh, we uh we're, we're grateful for the opportunity. At least I know I am and, and uh yeah. you know, this this'll be fun. So settle in, uh everyone and, and I'm excited to see where this one goes.
0: Yeah. Me too. We've got some interesting topics, but before we get started, we do wanna say um Go follow us at 247 uh, com, and as Nolan says, smash all those like buttons and share all the content and, and invite your friends, and let's keep this thing building up. Mol- Nolan's got this thing going, and we just want to keep it moving forward for him, and Paul and I are here to help him make it grow.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, uh, ha- however you're listening to us, uh, whether it's through uh, Apple Podcasts or google podcast or spotify or uh all all the different avenues please make sure to leave us a five-star review because we want other hawkeye fans to be able to find the podcast listen settle in um so make sure you just leave us a five-star review and and uh you know definitely leave us some feedback if you feel so inclined
0: yeah yeah well paul I, i thought we could we could just start i mean you know most people have read up on this or already heard it but um I just wanted to, you know, kind of start off with a wrap up of a little bit of the Iowa Hoops and um, programming, but I just thought we could talk about a little bit about a lot of the awards that, you know, that are already starting to come in for our our guys, Um, you know, not just Luca, you know, Mm -hmm. other awards are popping up for other guys. (laughs) Right. Absolutely.
1: So uh, why don't you give us just a quick recap of uh, what we've got?
0: Okay. So what I've got so far is is we've got uh, Luca Garza has nailed his second Big Ten Player of the Year award, his second sporting news player of the year award. Um so that's that's great. Um um Keegan Murray has been named to the freshman team, and what I thought was kind of interesting was under Fran McCaffrey, he's not the first. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Aaron White, J Bo, Tyler Cook, Joe Wieskamp, and CJ Frederick have all been named to the all freshman team. And so what does that tell you about the talent that um um Brad McCaffrey's finding out there? He's finding some good ones.
1: Yeah. Uh re- remind me again how many of those guys were McDonald's all Americans?
0: None of them that I know oh. of.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, Is that what you, so you, that was your point? Was it not? What's that?
0: That was your point, right?
1: Absolutely, it was my point. Uh, you yeah, know, uh, it, it's easy when you're you Duke and Kentucky and, and UCLA and Arizona, whatever. To you know, you you go get your your five star McDonald's All Americans. your one and done, guys. Uh, what friend has done? Um yeah, you know, finding talent and then and developing said talent and, and finding the guys that are gonna fit within the system. Um it's very Kirk Ference like.
0: Right. That is true. I'm anxious to see um with uh Chris Murray and Josh Ola Olegain- Gain- is that how you say this? Oh I, I, anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um uh, these guys are both freshmen and, you know, and if Joe Joe's week camp is not ready to go this weekend, Fran promised in his interview yesterday, that these two are ready to go in and step in, step in to help out. And, and this is something that he was thinking ahead, like if, you know, if, if Luca does get into uh, foul trouble foul trouble that um, these two guys are ready to step in and go, that Chris was a little further ahead than Josh, but he wouldn't be afraid to use him if he had to.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I I had a question on this. I I don't know if we're ready to just move right into this particular topic, but, uh, you know, Joe Wieskamp averages, I I believe it's around 15, 16 points a game. Does that sound about right? Uh Yes, okay. I did.
0: So I, I didn't look it up, but I, we know he's around there somewhere.
1: Okay, so let's just say Kenyon Murray, not Kenyon Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray takes the bulk of those minutes. Now, mm-hmm. Keegan may not be the <coughs> scorer Joe Eastcamp is. You know, he, he he doesn't have the three point stroke, and he he probably you know can't put up twenty or twenty five points uh, if given mm-hmm. the opportunity, but. I do believe he's worth, say, six to eight points on the defensive side of the ball, meaning, you know, two blocks, two steals that would have otherwise turned into baskets. You know, so if we give him credit for, say, eight points there, uh, eight points the other team isn't scoring because of two blocks, two steals, which I, Mm -hmm. I, I think he absolutely can get. Uh, and he gives us say eight to ten points. Well, though that that's we've recreated Joe Wieskamp in the aggregate,
0: right? And don't forget about some of those crazy ass rebounds he comes up with. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean on the on the defensive end, he comes up with some crazy ass rebounds that, um, you know, like the one that pretty much you know the players themselves credit that that might have sealed the game on uh, miss free throw. Mm -hmm. and you know where he he rebounded the ball and and he was you know falling out of bounds and was able to get the timeout as he was falling out of bounds i don't know if you remember that play yeah absolutely players really credit that play with um with um helping them seal the win and and that might have been (laughs) well
1: (laughs) you know this is two two different games very similar situations uh two heads up plays you had the the rebound and then the, the timeout against uh, it was uh against Wisconsin and then uh-huh. it was the rebound and throwing it off the guy who was out of bounds against Ohio State. Uh, uh-huh. And so similar plays both state possessions both just uh, these are these are natural basketball instincts that Keegan Murray has that that you may develop you may not uh, but these uh-huh. are like fifth year senior kind of heads up plays, and so he, he he's just playing so beyond his his experience and his years. Uh, it's, it's it's fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I can remember um, uh, at when Nolan and I were talking about who we thought what freshman would play. You know, we thought as long as there wasn't any injuries, we thought it'd be one of the Murray Murray twins because we were going to need some help in the bigs.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: you know because we we kind of you know we, at that time we were thinking well what if luca gets into foul trouble and then um jack Nungie gets into foul trouble you know who are we gonna turn to you know mm. and so i had predicted one of the murray twins but when i went back and looked at my notes it was chris who i was leaning toward mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i didn't realize that, it, that it, you know i was leaning toward chris because chris was more of a big man type Player than um, Keegan, and Keegan has proven to be more of a more of a and <laughs> a three player out there.
1: Yeah, and and you yeah. know what? What I'm excited about here we have seen the team play. We we've seen mm-hmm. Fran make this adjustment now from uh, way too much zone defense to a lot more man man to man defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in these one and done situations, and having guys like like Keegan and and Patrick and uh you know we're we're going to have this length on the court you know where i wouldn't be surprised to see us doing some more of the three quarter court stuff the uh not not full press you know not not full you know pressure like you would see under Tom Davis or anything but just using that length more throughout the not just after made free throws but uh you know trying to uh, speed teams up or or you know create turnovers that kind of thing. So I, I'm excited <laughs> to see what what'll happen here. It's not that Joe Wieskamp doesn't give us the ability to do that, but in his absence or potential absence, we could see Fran use the tools that he has the to to his advantage. And in a one and done situation, um, you know, you're, you're trying yeah. to win today.
0: So. Yeah, you got to win today because there is no tomorrow if you don't win today. That's right. Now, from here from here on out, it's it's you know win win or go home. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, but you know, um, go ahead.
1: go ahead. It does surprise me a little bit um uh, on the efficacy of the zone defense that Iowa's run, and and you know when you're playing, man, that's easy. You know, we every kid, you know, you grow up, you. you 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 know how to guard your guy now. Whether you're or not, you're effective at it is is <laughs> different story. But you know how to play, man. Um, right. With zone defense, it's it's a lot like I hate to go back to football, but you know we always talk about the zone blocking scheme. Uh, like Iowa likes to run, and the time it takes for those guys to gel and learn to work together and to communicate and to know what their role is, you know, in the zone blocking scheme, or in this case, the zone defensive scheme. I am a little surprised that the zone defense hasn't been more effective because of guys like Connor and Jabo and Luca and Joe. These guys have been playing together for, for years now. This is a veteran team and I would have thought that from a communication standpoint, knowing what you're supposed to be doing, knowing your role, that they would be better at it. But this team is definitely better playing man to man. Sorry for that.
0: Right, because yeah, and, and and that the big thing with that playing man to man, you are accountable for your you know, for your actions mm-hmm. on that and and you're right about the um, what bothered me the most about the any kind of the zone is that their lack of communication. You can see it on the floor, you know, somebody's always trying to give another one help, but he forgets to go back and, and forgot that there's a man back there in that corner that's going to be wide open and shoot a
1: three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know, three just stays open more in that zone defense. It's just it's almost like we're willing to concede that. You know, as well if if that's if if we're gonna give up something, we're gonna give up the corner three, and if they make it, well, we're just gonna you know congratulate them and and you know inbound the Yeah, pass, you
0: know? yeah, right.
1: <laughs> hey,
0: I do wanna um, finish these accolades. Um,
1: okay.
0: Joe Wieskamp did make the second team Big Ten, which I you know I don't know how many people knew that, and um, the. The first teamers. I wanted to point out that um, that um, five other people, four other people, under Fran McCaffrey have made the first team, Big Ten, and you probably know who those are: Devin Marble, Aaron White, Jared Utah, and Peter Jock. Mm-hmm. Also, were named first teamers, and so you know, I guess you know, I guess one of the reasons to bring it up is one to kind of just show that. Hey, this, you know, this, this team has more talent than people realize it's being developed better than people realize. And, and some of the complaints about firing the coach and let's get rid of the coach, it just doesn't fly with me anymore. No. And, you know, and and it's just like, you know, we don't get paid to coach this team. We don't get paid to recruit, you know, we've got to, as fans, we've got to trust that Fran knows what he's doing, that. That Fran absolutely wants to win these games even worse than we do, and so do the players. They don't go out there and go, I don't care what the fans like today. We're just going to go ahead and lose this game. You know, That's not what they do. They want to win every single game they go out there and play.
1: <laughs> well, you, you know, uh, Nolan and I talked about this on a previous podcast in, in relation mm-hmm. to what Iowa State football is going to experience this coming fall. Uh, mm-hmm. When you have a program that has never had to play with expectations or, or it's been so long since, uh, you know, when was the last time Iowa came in to a season as a preseason top five, you know, you're, you're, you're having to go back to the 1980s. And so, you know, these guys on the court for Iowa weren't even alive, weren't even a a twinkle in their daddy's eye at the time (laughs) that Iowa had, you know, the, the, those kind of expectations entering the season. And so the fact alone that, that that is where Fran has this program and whether that is a lot of it is on Luca Garza or, you know, Luca alone isn't enough to make you a top five team. You can't no. put Luca Garza on, uh, you know, on random schools roster in, in the Atlantic sun conference. And they're automatically a, a top five team. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know we will see not only did fran get the team and the roster to a point where there are those kind of expectations coming into the season but then mm-hmm. you delivered on them look where we are we're we're at the end of the regular season and we're we're right where we were projected to be right where a lot of people thought we were in that top 5 uh you know top 10 well, we're, we're, you know we're in that range where we have met yeah. the expectations and that We're Mm going to find out a lot about Iowa state this coming fall football. And again, this is something Nolan and I talked about because it's a hell of a lot different when you're the hunted than you are when you're the hunter and and expectations. uh, You know, if, if, if Iowa were to beat Iowa state early in the year uh, and I don't see why that's not possible. um, You know, next thing, things could unravel over in Ames pretty quick because uh, you know, confidence and and, and expectations and pressure and, and those things are different those things are different when you when you haven't been in that position
0: oh no absolutely um you know this is new for iowa state i mean i think i don't know i don't even know are
1: you there Dean, I can't hear you anymore.
0: Paul, you you yeah, definitely I, can't hear me. Can you can hear me? Hear you
1: now. I can hear you now.
0: Okay, all right. It seems to be my phone. <laughs> it seems to uh, no it, it usually holds up during the whole podcast, but this time it, it faded back to another screen. So I'll keep a closer eye on it and make sure it goes right back to the anchor screen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I heard you the whole time, by the way. So oh, we'll do, we'll time. just keep we'll just keep moving.
1: Um, sorry for the okay, technical so- uh, issues, folks. Hope you stuck with us through all that yeah Uh,
0: yeah. right so one of the um other things i wanted to bring up um is caitlin um clark made second i mean first team no i'm sorry (laughs) freshman of the year in the big 10 i don't know what team she made if she made any team yet in the big 10 for the women's and i just think it's a travesty that she didn't make player of the year in the big 10 because you know statistically she was better than everybody else and the girl who won it i mean deserves to win it any other any other year that girl had a great season she plays for i think she plays for rutgers she does and and um but caitlin just proved to be more valuable i think for her team but you know that's neither here nor there caitlin's going to be around for three more years and so caitlin will get her just desserts later
1: (laughs) yeah you know sometimes Uh, you know, and and I was gonna talk about this a little bit in relation to Luca Garza and him Uh getting Big Ten Player of the Year uh, and and on the men's side. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to make sure that I word this correctly. So, (laughs) I, I I want to say that. Whoever does the voting for that, if it's the media or the the coaches or or, or whatever, they got it right with Luca, um, uh-huh. and and I and I will come back to Caitlin Clark, but so many times, what what happens is it turns into to the Heisman Trophy. You know what I mean? Where it's uh-huh. not necessarily the best player; it's the most, it's the highest profile player on the best team.
0: Right. And,
1: and so, you know, with Iowa not finishing uh, number one in, in the Big Ten, they did finish, you know, top four. But uh, and I think that may have what hurt Caitlin Clark is that, you know, she may have been the best player in the Big Ten, but she was on a, a middle of the pack team.
0: Right. They finished sixth in there for the, for tournament wise, they got the sixth seed in the tournament.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, with a top four finish, with a a, a top two or three finish, she's probably player of the year. Right. Uh, You know, and and what, but with Luca, you know, I mean, and Luca wasn't, he wasn't the unanimous player of the year. Uh, You know, IO did get, Mm. I think four, four votes. So only four. Only four. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think he got yeah. I I think I assume we got four. So um Yeah, I think he
0: Go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: Illinois finished ahead of Iowa in the standings and you know and beat us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, The the thing with him, I think I think early on he was he had a nice run in February and people were trying to push for him to have the Big Ten player of the year. Um However, I think he lost it in one of their losses that they had where his attitude would just suck. You mm-hmm. could just see it. I mean, he was missing free throws, he was getting yet mad, he was yelling at people, you know, and he just had an attitude and you knew when when you look at his face when he walked to the free throw line he was gonna miss his free throws. And he had a really bad game. And I think it was that at that point where he he lost any chance he had of winning it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't think it helped him either that, you know, he went out with that injury. They go mm-hmm. to Michigan and absolutely annihilate Destroy him yeah, without him. And and how are you, you know, so you look at that objectively and you say, well, you know, it, it, yeah, he's a very good player and, and his value <laughs> is definitely there. But, I mean, uh, you know, Iowa's not going – he, you know they're they're not going to anyone <laughs> in the They're not going to Penn State without Luca Garza and and playing like that.
0: No, you know, um,
1: you know what I mean. Like,
0: yeah. Um, well, I think we've showed shown throughout the season, and one of that think the things that I've noticed through the season is is that we do have other options when Luca can't when Luca is so strapped for getting to the. The hoop, you know, and you know when he has a bad game, like you know. Now we're saying like sixteen, eighteen points is a bad game for him. If he doesn't get twenty, he's had a bad game, right? <laughs> you no, know, good game for most players, but bad game for him. And you know, so I think even one game this year he had less than ten. I can't. I think he had eight at one time. He did. I could be wrong. You're,
1: okay. you're absolutely right. Yeah, he had a game where he he, and you know, you go back way back to uh the Iowa State game where he basically had to sit almost the whole first half and foul trouble. Right. And, oh yeah, and that's
0: and that we just destroyed Iowa State. And that's what I said. I think we proved today we don't need Luca isn't a one man banner or Iowa's not a one man band
1: <laughs> That's right. So yeah. But what those else guys do we have to have be on to the answer. topics here.
0: Okay, well, one of the things, I, before we move on from the hoops, we had a couple of other things I wanted to go. One would be kind of a fun fun one, but I kind of wanted to see what you thought about Greg Gard and, the, and his attitude at the end of the game. And as far as I know, he has yet to be fined for his comments about the officiating at the end of the game and the so-called um, uh, Brad Davison rule.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so my first thought on that is, Um, those refs are awful. They, they were terrible. Um, and Uh you know, the fact that, that Iowa won that game doesn't negate the fact that they were bad. I mean, they spent as Mm -hmm. much time watching the game on TV as I did with all those.
0: I know it. The last Uh, minute took 20 minutes to play. How long was the last time that happened? Huh?
1: Yeah, I mean that's just ridiculous. And I think it was Danielle Marshall who was who was the color guy on the game, and he was saying, "Look, you get into these situations like they 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 were reviewing the the who touched uh-huh. it last, and it took five minutes for them to determine that if you know it was going to stick with Iowa um, with uh-huh. the call they made." Um, <clears throat> and he had said, "You know, look, why why can't we just jump ball this thing? Or in the case you know, college uses the the possession arrow. If it's that close and you can't, you just can't make the call." Go to the possession now and, and and let's keep it moving these five and ten mm-hmm. minutes to to review this like, like it 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 was painful it was excruciating now as far as great guard and his comments and and you know the brad davidson first of all that guy is a punk uh we've seen it for years he is he, uh-huh. he's a he's a trash player uh mm-hmm. you know he, he it's kind of a shame because he's, he's talented enough to let his game speak for itself, but he just seems uh-huh. like he has to, he has to do things and play the way he does. And that's, you know, his personal, well, you know, uh, his reputation precedes him. And so, um, uh-huh. and I don't have any problem with guards sticking up for his kid, for his guy, you know, that that's his player. And uh, as far as calling out the refs for being trash, uh, yeah, I mean, look, they're not above reproach. So, that, no. uh, if they do a trash job, uh, they, they, I don't, I don't have a problem with a coach saying, "Look, you, the refs were trash tonight. It is what it is." Right now, but you know, go, go ahead.
0: So I was just going to say, um, but on that particular play we're talking about, they called a double foul. One of them was a flagrant, and the other one, was just a normal foul foul on one one for each team um how can you call a foul one way but you can call it two ways you can say they both fouled each other did they both hook and hold each other to the ground or what did they do you know I was trying to figure out because when I was watching the replay at no time did it look like and I believe it was Keegan um did it look like Keegan was um committing any kind of a foul the whole time but they still called one on him too at the on the same play
1: yeah well i think uh originally you know in live action and i've i've been a referee not for basketball but for wrestling uh-huh. uh uh-huh. i definitely i understand how fast the action is going it's sometimes uh-huh. it, it's it's hard to make that call in real time sometimes i so uh-huh. I, I will give the referees uh, a little bit of grace for that um and and you know as yeah. fast as these guys are moving, as big as they are, it's okay for them to make a mistake. So the fact that they uh-huh. they initially thought that Keegan Keegan, you know, uh, there was contact from him first. Okay, fine. Then they go to the monitor and, and they see that that Davidson had hooked his arm, and uh-huh. you know, and and the, right. the ended up to me it. it, it it was all six and one half a dozen the other they both got two yeah. free throws iowa got the ball i think it was i i don't have a problem with that
0: iowa iowa got 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 the, they each got their two free throws and then iowa got the ball back but that's when Jaybo turned it over right. so for so i don't know what Greg Garg was they had their opportunity right there and they they it, they blew it
1: yeah <laughs> and, and you know uh i mean it was it was 10 minutes of of them reviewing and, and trying to figure out what to do. And it, it, it all kind of worked, worked itself out in the end. Play on. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, yeah. And, and you know, the, <laughs> I, I've watched every minute of every Iowa basketball game this season. And you, you look over the course of the games and, and what Luca, Lu, what Luca Garza goes through in a 40 minute basketball game. You know it, mm-hmm. it, the inconsistencies of what is a foul and what isn't a foul. I mean, ha- it, it, apparently it's not a foul for Luca until he's bleeding from the nose. You know what I mean? Like it's just—it's mm. absolutely ridiculous. And you know, yeah, they'll—they'll they'll call touch fouls or or phantom calls, uh, anticipatory fouls, is what I like to call them. They—they they see mm-hmm. a play developing and they just assume the foul is coming, so that that whistle blows. Uh, Right, you know that that seems to happen a lot in like fast break situations or whatever, where Mm -hmm. a guy, you know, he runs past the guy, and you know they call foul anyway, and it's like I'm not sure he ever actually touched him.
0: But no, there's uh, a lot of opportunities where it was all clean ball. But yeah, and the other thing with Luca is is he is getting manhandled and held and hooked and everything else. You know, you can see it on TV, but. And you can't tell me that those refs don't see that. They're it, to me, it's like they're only going after the obvious. But if Luca on the other end does the exact same thing, he's immediately whistled for doing what was done to him. Absolutely. You know, and so I don't understand it. I mean, fortunately, Luca's only been in foul trouble a couple of times, but always came back the second half, second half, and made up for it. I think there was That's, one game where he didn't play much in either half, and I don't remember if we won or lost that or who it was against, but I do remember that he got his third foul right away.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, yeah um, that, but anyhow, that moving been,
1: on. Go ahead. Okay. ahead. That might have right. been that, that first Indiana game uh, mm-hmm. where Iowa just didn't play good overall. j Mo couldn't hit water from a boat. And think oh, was that the –
0: Was that the game where we played the subs just about the whole last 10 minutes of the game and they were very ineffective?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, our subs, you know, we love our subs, but sometimes they just don't, you know, sometimes they're they're more for defense rather than scoring purposes. And if you need scores, they're not the group to have on the floor when you're looking for a bucket.
1: Well, you know – every now and then these guys that get paid, you know, millions of dollars to coach and, and to win mm-hmm. basketball games and football games, they know the difference between a, a, a first team and a second team guy on their own roster. I'm just
0: saying. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. Um, no one wanted us to talk about what we thought could be yeah. our starting five for next year. Do you have a uh, starting five in mind or does that take you off of the, uh...
1: <laughs> well, man, the, the that starting, it's really hard to, to look at that until we really know, you know, who, uh-huh. is Camp coming back or is, is he gone?
0: Um, I'm going to go on the assumption that he's gone. When I put yeah. my five together, it's going to be without Weezy because um, okay. I don't think Weezy's coming back. Um, I Everything I'm hearing, he's even more NBA material than Luka and the scouts are high on, her, high on him more than they are Luka right mm-hmm. now. And so I, I think it's unfortunate, and I hope that um, Weezy's able to get back out there and play this weekend. I really do. I, I know people are saying, don't rush in. Big Ten tournament's not that big of a deal. It's saving for the NCAA. But um, if their goal is to truly, like Luca said, if you really believe Luca that, they, that they're taking this serious and they want to win the Big Ten tournament, that they're not taking anything for granted, then, then we need Weezy on the floor. Especially if, you know, what it looks like Wisconsin will be our opponent again for the third time. That's going to be tough to beat them a third time.
1: Yeah. Especially
0: especially after what happened in this last game.
1: Yeah. Well, I, 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 frankly, I believe Iowa is just better than Wisconsin is. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I, I don't worry about beating them a third time. You know, you know who has trouble beating teams three times? Teams that aren't three three times better than somebody else. And I think I right. is. So, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, why was that game – that they allowed that game to get so close. After getting up by 12, that game just got super close again. And, of course, then, you know, Wisconsin had the lead until the last couple of minutes of the game where we actually, with the help of the referees, we were able to get the lead back.
1: I don't know if it was with the help of the referees or not. You know, how about this? Don't, don't hook and hold. <laughs> don't don't do the things that that mm-hmm. force the referees into those situations uh and and i don't think either team I, I, both teams were saddled with with those breaks in the action too but at the same time mm-hmm. uh you know good coaching uh prevailed and um you know at one point i think wisconsin that this was off of the the they got the jump ball off off the inbound from jaybo and uh um wisconsin inbounds the ball they they get up a three it misses the garza rebounds and uh uh gets it over to jabo and, and jabo knocks down the free throws to kind of seal the win um look down the street that that's what senior teams are supposed to do they're supposed to make game-winning plays in mm-hmm. time.
0: right and, and i absolutely agree with you but you know it's like the loss, the two losses against Indiana and the loss against Minnesota, just baffle me because I thought our leaders, I thought our senior leadership finally learned their lesson, and you know, our old juniors, you know, finally learned yeah. their lesson. Lesson: Hey, we, you know, we can't we can't take anything for granted, and you know, having lost the lead in both Indiana games and the Minnesota game, you know, especially late the way we did against Minnesota, is you would have thought that we were back to three years ago when Iowa was doing that on a regular basis would build leads. And then about five minutes to go, they would just fall apart. And mm-hmm. the, they would, and they wouldn't know how to handle The team would start making a run at them. Then they get all nervous and panicky and panicky. And that's kind of what happened in these, in, in the Minnesota and the um, Indiana games, you know, and honestly, I'm still mad about losing to Illinois in the first Ohio State games because we had those games
1: won too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was uh, really, we're talking about you know, maybe six points difference between being a uh, possible Big Ten champion or uh, mm-hmm. at least having a, a one seed in the NCAA tournament. That's how close right. things are. I mean, we're, they're we could easily have two or three fewer losses um by oh, you know, like I said, a basket here or there going differently and, and you know.
0: I feel like we I feel like we should have finished the season with one Big Ten loss and Big Ten champions. I mean, Michigan destroyed us. I mean I, I there's nothing you can do to, to convince convince anybody that we should have won that game because we didn't. We didn't even come close. Right. <laughs> And, um, you know, of course Gonzaga game in the non-conference, you know, um, yeah. we had to make a run at the end to make it closer than the game really was.
1: I, you know, I, I turned it off, but I saw BYU was, was giving Gonzaga a good game last night. Do you know how that turned out? Cause it got late. No,
0: yeah. I was going to ask you, um, I do know that Gonzaga was down at 12 and they were within four points at one point, And that's when I turned it off. i in my mind, I assumed Gonzaga was going to come back and win it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing they did. Um, I mean, I, I saw just a couple of minutes of the second half, but like I said, it was about 11 o'clock last night when I turned it off. Uh, so uh, anyway, let's get back to um, you said you had put together what you think would is a potential uh, starting five for next year.
0: Yes, I did. Um, I did this without Wheezy. Okay, because I'm going to assume Wheezy's gone. Okay. All right, so um, my starting point guard would be Joe Toussaint. I mean, he's going to finally get his chance. Now he needs to step up to the plate and do it. Um, but he but he also has Ulis and um, uh, Perkins, you yep. know, just dying to get that spot too. Okay, CJ will be at his familiar number two spot. We're going to move Connor to number three to um, – to replace Weezy. If Weezy comes back, I'll tell you after this, what I do, Murray at the four and Nungie at the five. If Weezy comes back, Weezy will take his third spot and Connor will become our point guard. Um, that's my prediction. I don't know how Peyton Samford's going to fit into this team yet. Um, he could potentially step in and play his first year, just like, you know, Murray's doing and contribute quite a bit. Um, uh, I can't remember if he's a if a bigger type player or more of a, a guard type player, but do you remember?
1: Not um, off the top of my head. But I have a question about Connor, I, and this isn't a knock on Connor. This is okay. uh, in in reverence to how great of a post passer he is. Without mm-hmm. having Luca Garza on the floor, what mm-hmm. where? To, does Connor lose value? I get it. He's going to be a senior next year, mm-hmm. and you, you you know you you hate to not start a senior. Order, but against Wisconsin, he played thirty-one minutes and scored one point, and mm-hmm. only had like two assists, maybe three assists. Yeah. Um, well, we, that's a good you, point.
0: Is is there room for Patrick to take Connor's place at the number three spot next year?
1: That that seems to make more sense to me you, you know mm-hmm. and and you know I'm, I'm how much can we rely on jack nunji uh you know not rely that's not that's really i know uh, I mean, you, you're
0: you're i know exactly what you're saying you're talking about injury wise exactly yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah do, do yeah so I, I mean, I, I could see Iowa trying to to go just kind of long and athletic next year. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, I I, I love Kuzma at the one, CJ at the two, uh, and then you know just kind of going with some wings. Yeah, you know, you're gonna go Patrick, you're gonna go Keegan, um, and then you know maybe it's a Gunlier, maybe maybe it's uh, you know maybe it's Perkins. You know, where, where you kind of just go small and I I mean it, it, I it it's a it'll be interesting to see what what yeah. Fran decides that he, he does love to have his big men though you know that's that's mm-hmm. uh, you know you go back over Fran's coaching here um he you know Woodbury uh, uh obviously Luca um I'm just trying to think of who who else who are his other bigs but he always kind of has you know he, he definitely likes that 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 big guy in the middle
0: yeah 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 he he does but um i'm trying to remember before luca who we had and before was it woodbury and then before woodbury um i think the biggest the biggest thing was maybe yeah 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 he was in there i don't think he was a starter though no okay. but you look at these um other guys like aaron white and jared utah Sometimes he didn't depend on his big man as much as he depended on that guy playing the four. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron White or Jared Utah, both those guys were great guys who could take people off the dribble or they could stand back behind the line and just pop it. Yeah. You know, kind of yeah. like Wheezy is. I, I, I yeah. guess in my eyes they're kind of similar as Wheezy, but they're probably more muscular. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So almost like, a, uh, you know, what Keegan can grow into that role though. hmm
0: Uh, yeah no no Keegan will he's he's got to get stronger and that's when you watch both him and Patrick the way um they take things to the rim it's obvious that both of those guys need to get stronger when they're out there going to the hoop because you know um Keegan doesn't miss as many point-blank um lay-ins but Patrick misses a lot and I, I I take that to the fact that he's just not strong enough to body up against some of these guys when he's going in so his look like most of his are like up there too hard. So he's just chucking it up there as hard as he can, hoping for a fall because he can't get in position against these guys with his body compared to theirs to uh, get that ball in smoothly. And rarely does he come up short on any of those. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I definitely hope that, um, that the staff, the, the strength and conditioning and, and that they, they have a plan for, for guys like Keegan um mm. Cause I, 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 yeah, he, he could definitely get stronger, but I, I don't want him to lose any of his athleticism in the process. You know what I mean? No,
0: no. And that's what it's like. like does it, it does it seem like with our group of first year players, our freshmen that we're leaning going more athletic than we are um, shooters. Because when you look at next year's squad potential starters, we don't have a lot of shooters on the team. Now, now it's going <laughs> to be like, we're going to have to play defense and, win games, you know, at 70 points and under, but hold the other team to probably 60 and under in order to win. You know, kind of like um, the old uh, Michigan State teams. If you remember, you know, they'd win a lot of games, but it'd be like 68 to 40 or something like that or 48, 49. You know, it, my fear is, is, is that we're going to go back to the lick-lighter years for scoring this, you know, after having a nice, pleasant surprise because friends always had a decent amount of shooters and a decent enough of four and fives that we are able to, you know, keep the score running high and high, but I just don't see where the scoring's coming from next year. Joe, 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 well, not a scorer, and we know Connor's not, I mean, they Connor can get hot, but he's not, you know, he's not your go-to guy.
1: Right. And well, I mean, I, I think what you'll see, and I don't, I, I seriously don't think it, it, it's just, polar opposites when it comes to philosophies uh-huh. um, between like Fran McCaffrey and, and, and Licklider. Um uh-huh. So, I, I mean, Fran is still going to want to play fast. He's still going to uh-huh. want to push. Uh, and so I think if anything, what you'll see, you know, next year is we're going to throw athletes out there and let them go be athletic. Right. I, I'm excited about that. If you can play defense and then, you know, move without the ball and, and back cut and screen and dive and, mm-hmm. and do the things that make winning basketball plays, you can be just as effective with that as you can just bulldozing opponents with Luca Garza.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have I absolutely agree. I I, I guess I'm pointing out for myself, for you and, and for our listeners that you know next year's team isn't gonna be a full of shooters where somebody's popping a three all over the place. You know, and, and feeding it to Luca, letting Luca do his thing because, you know, Jack Nunji's not Luca. I mean, Nunji's right. going to get his share of rebounds, his block shots, and his share of points. But he's not going to average 23 points a game, you know.
1: Well, let's just say for the sake of argument that uh, – because I think I think Joe is either married or engaged, Joe Wieskamp, to one of the he women's is, basketball yeah.
0: players. Yeah. No, he is engaged to a former women's basketball player. She is no longer with the program. She graduated. However, his future sister in law plays on the team right now.
1: <laughs> okay. yeah. I, I mean and and I don't know if you know how, how desperate they are for, you know, money and, and how I you know, but you know, Joe Joe may be thinking, Hey, you know, I've wanted to be a hawkeye my whole life. I want to mm-hmm. get my degree from the University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um you know, maybe playing as a senior is important to him at this point. And so, uh, you know, long story short here, on, on the off chance that, that Joe Wieskamp does decide to come back, that, that well, you know, there's a shooter.
0: Yeah, there's a shooter. No, and, and if he does come back, that's his team. He absolutely yeah. has to take charge. Um, and, you know, like – like he's been doing of late. I mean, he, not every game has he been successful, but just taking charge. I mean, you, you remember how last year where he seemed to disappear in games, especially in second half
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and, uh, late in the season, but, but, you know, this year, especially the last seven or eight games since they switched to the man defense, he just seems to be more active. Um, he's willing to take in and, and take a drive into the hoop. And, mm-hmm. um, and try to do it. I mean, he's not been successful, but I think the amount of points he's been scoring lately says, says that, yeah, you know, I'm finally learning how to take people off the dribble and go to the hoop. If I, if my three shot ain't there. And so now they got to guard me both ways. So that's the reason why, you know, like he started the game five for five, you know, I think four of those were threes, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, Let's also not forget that when you've got a guy like Joe Toussaint out there running the point, you've got a mm-hmm. guy that can create off the dribble, that can, that can drive mm-hmm. to the basket with, with, with real success. You know, he's a threat mm-hmm. to do that. Right. Uh, getting into the lane, collapsing a defense. Now, now you've got outlet shots for, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. C.J. Frederick, whether it's a Wieskamp, whether it's Keegan Murray, all, all, all those guys can knock down open looks.
0: Uh, yeah, they can. They can. The thing is, is with Joe that scares me is at, at looking more and more at it. He's playing with his head down and he's dribbling into trouble. And right. he's not always looking up to see where his open guys are. You're supposed to dribble into the lane and then pop it back out if the, if if you know because you're not expected to go up and lay it in against a big man. You right. know, your job is to is to draw some defenders with you. To open up your shooters when you do that and then pop it back out. And he doesn't always he doesn't do that. Can happen again. <laughs> What's that? Oh, can you hear me? Paul,
1: Paul, 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 Paul. Don't worry, folks, we're still here. I'm sure Dean will be back here in a moment. Uh, since Hello, uh, ready, everything time, fine, um everything uh, is fine. If you can still hear me. To yeah. uh, remind you, check out our website, 247hawkeye.com. Uh, as Nolan would say, you know, the kids say, smash that like button, smash the, those follow buttons. Give us a five-star review if you've enjoyed this podcast and our previous podcasts. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, check us out. We're on Periscope. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, uh, Parlor, We're on Yeah. It, pretty much all, all, all the apps and all the sites. So uh, uh, lo- love us on Facebook because, you know, and make sure you, uh you know, if, if you're listening to this, you know, check out the game threads during the games. Um, th- there's always some good information going on in there, fun, healthy discussion, uh, sometimes some good debate going on. So n- don't ever be afraid to participate in the 247hawkeye.com uh, Facebook uh, game
0: threads. Paul, can you hear me now? You cannot hear me. Dean, are okay. you
1: uh, are you coming back to us here,
0: Paul? Oh, I've I've never left. I'm still here. Um, <laughs> I wish I could. You could hear me, um, folks. I think right. you know
1: well, we did have some other topics we were going to get to. Um, so uh, um, we we just went over the uh, next year starting five, mm-hmm. and uh, so we were going to talk a little bit about the Devin Marble tweet um and uh and, and the situation with, with him and his family uh the University of Iowa uh Gary Barta addressed it uh yesterday. Um uh, I'm looking forward to, to Dean hopping back on here so we can really discuss this uh you know the two of us but and I, I hate to move on without him but um <clears throat> so by now, uh, I think you know, you know, th- this isn't a Chris Doyle situation where I don't, you know, this hasn't gone, you know, national and, and, you know, a lot of people are caught up in it. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's a big deal to Iowa fans. Uh, it, it's a big deal to Hawkeye basketball fans. Um, uh,
0: Paul, can you hear me yet?
1: And, uh, you know, so that that's, you know, in a nutshell, uh, it seems as though Iowa, you know, very quickly, uh, immediately following, you know, the Wisconsin game, Iowa's last regular season game, uh, Fran let Luca Garza know that his jersey would be retired. Um, and uh, prior to that, it, it, it seems now, now, since that happened, uh, Devin marble uh, tweeted out that uh, he wouldn't watch any more Iowa games would no longer support the university of Iowa. And um, and that, you know, because he, he's upset. Uh, He wasn't happy with something, but he didn't specifically say what uh, in the tweet anyway, but it's been uh, pretty well inferred that he was upset about uh, his father's number and his Jersey not being retired. Um, to that, uh, you know, I did a little research on this and, and Dean, I really hope you can get, excuse me, get back on here. You know, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I didn't have a ton of time to, to research this, but I went and looked. So Ohio state's all time leading score is a guy named Dennis Hopson. His Jersey is not retired at Ohio state, Indiana's all time leading scorer is Calbert Cheney. His Jersey is not retired at Indiana. Minnesota's all time leading scorer, a guy named Michael Thompson, his jersey is not retired at Minnesota. Michigan's all time leading scorer is Glenn Rice. His jersey was just recently, in the last couple of years, retired at Michigan. So here's some big time programs uh, within the Big Ten. Their all time leading scorer's jersey's not retired. Um, There's more to it than that. There's just, and and I think uh, Gary Barta referred to that yesterday in the press conference that the reason that um, Roy senior's Jersey was never retired was he didn't meet the criteria that was set up. Uh, and I'm not, I don't know what that criteria is. I didn't see where he laid out specifically what the criteria is and what criteria wasn't met. He did mention that there were a couple of other guys that uh, you know, their families also would have, you know, wanted their numbers retired. Um, and they too didn't meet the criteria required. It's a, it's a high bar and, uh, it, 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 it's a high bar set to have a Jersey retired to get into the Iowa athletics hall of fame. Um, these aren't the hall of very goods. The being the all time leading score is a, is a, a, a very fine, um, oh you know a, a thing to do you know it's it's a great accolade um it, it, you're you're in the history books and and you know that kind of thing but you know if you look it's not just being the all-time leading scorer it's being the two-time player of the year it, 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 and i don't think devin was saying that that lucas jersey shouldn't be retired he was just saying that his dad should have been you know, a long time ago Ooh. again you know uh there's no reason to have policies procedures or or uh requirements for things if you're not going to stand by them it, once you make one exception now you're you're going to have to make exceptions all over the place because everybody's going to make an argument for this or for that uh, you know, and so you, you've got one defined path to having your jersey retired. Uh if you meet all of those things, then you know it, it becomes a no-brainer. If you don't, you know, look, the the you don't you you don't you don't hang banners for, you know fourth place in the conference. You don't hang banners for, you know whatever. You you don't hang a banner that says y- you don't retire a Jersey for a guy just because. So my feeling on this is that, um, you know, that I I think it, it's an emotional thing and, and, and Twitter and, and I, I, social media is tough. It's it's tough. So just um, taking a look here. Um. Okay. So I guess one last thing is we're, we're getting close to the 60 minute mark here. Uh, the big 10 wrestling tournament just wrapped up. Uh Spencer Lee was named the outstanding wrestler of the tournament. Tom brands coach, uh, you know, coach of the year. Uh, really this is, you know, w- w- we should be defending national champions here. Certain guys uh, are probably, you know, Spencer Lee, one of them uh, should be, you know, preparing to, you know, for, for his, uh, you know, consecutive national championship. Um, I thought Iowa had a, a really, really good big tens, um, up and down the way, uh, the only, the only wrestler that, you know, the only weight class where Iowa didn't have any real success was, uh, I think it was one eighty four was a uh, brands. It was actually, uh, branson who you know everybody else uh you know Iowa put four or five guys into the championships they had uh i think three or four other guys in the consolation you know third place matches so uh it was it was it, and, and the big time stuff nebraska was pushing iowa um for most of the tournament penn state was there as well so um <clears throat> and uh you know, I think we're going to see. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, a couple of weeks here, we're going to see a show, a better showing out of a couple of guys. Um, and uh, you know, I think this team is poised and ready to to win the national championship. And and you know, to do that, it's not just about beating the guy um, on you know that you're wrestling. It, it's about scoring bonus points for the team. This team seems to love to do that. This is a team that um, you know they majors techs and, and pins, uh, and scoring points. So, um, I, I feel really good about where I was going into the, uh, the national championship. So, um, Dean, are you back with us at all?
0: Nolan can I mean, not Nolan, but Paul, can you hear me at all?
1: It would appear not. So, okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up now. Just, just shy of, uh, of an hour. Um, I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day. We definitely look forward to uh to the tournaments here. Uh look forward to watching the, the Hawkeye women's team and Caitlin Clark. We definitely look forward to uh the the basketball team this weekend. Let's see, you know, see where where that can take us. Uh definitely want to wish everybody a uh, a great rest of your day. Um, thank you again for listening. Make sure you give us a five star. Paul, interview. are you there? And uh, as always, go Hawks and uh, Devap. Don't be a pussy willow. Uh, and for that matter, everybody else, you know, it's time to stop being pussy willows about everything. <laughs> stop being offended by everything. And, uh, you know, let's get back to being, you know, the good old US of A.